All right, let's go. It's 2.14. Got a guest lined up at 3 o'clock here in real time. Thanks for listening to the show. It's the podcast edition of the show. Still hit that thing. Uh, Welcome in. Thank you for finding the podcast. Uh, It is a companion piece of content to the on-air show, which is on every day from 3 to 7 on the new Q105, where we do at least 15 songs in a row, 12 times a day. So a guest is coming up at 3 o'clock. Someone if... Uh, that you'd be familiar with if you've listened to and followed the podcast for quite some time. Somebody that I, I, I'll call him a close friend. I've known him for over three years now. We met at the TEDx Toledo event in 2017. Um, So the summer of 2017, I guess, is when we connected. And um, Alex Getz, local wildlife photographer, videographer, documentarian, will be on the show. And there's a lot to talk about with Alex. I wanted him on because we haven't caught up in a while, at least not on the podcast. He's been super busy. He had some local content on CBS News Sunday morning whatever that show is called. So uh, Alex helped some things go national. He's been working with Jaden a little bit. He also did something else that I'm very delighted about and I'm, I'm excited to talk about with him. So that's coming up um, in my time right here in 44 minutes. In your time, it will be very shortly. Again, thanks for finding the podcast. Earlier this morning... Lucas County County Health Department had an order. It's not an advisory. It's not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation. It's an order. That means do it. Uh, Schools... Lucas, uh, schools in Lucas County from grade 7 to 12 will be closed. The buildings have to close down and no sports for about a month or so. Grades 1 through 6 looks like they're all clear, but this is an order. And I'm, I'm happy about this. It's preemptive. And again, anybody that wants to complain can blame it on the people who are not following all the protocols that we're asked to follow so that we can, like at this point, um, the, the virus's best ally are, are non-compliant human beings. Um, look, it's all the stuff that we've complained about for eight months now. I don't want to go back over to it right now, but at, at this point, if the, I was going to say the virus is Michael Jordan, um, we're Scotty Pippen, whatever analogy you want to use, um, Human non-compliant humans are a great ally to the virus right now. They were they are allowing the virus to hop from person to person. So uh, it looks like Eric Jasinski in the health department said uh, we're we're concerned about people doing family things during Thanksgiving weekend and then going back into schools, which have been extremely safe and have not sickened a lot of people. Um, from what I've been told, it looks like the the only issue with schools has been some people have been exposed. Like at, like schools are very safe; they are extremely clean and they have top-notch protocols and safeguards in place. So I, I applaud all of our local schools. I was at St. Pius X a couple of weeks ago. I saw what they were doing to keep kids safe. So the virus is not spreading rampantly there, but people go about their lives and maybe they bring it back where they're exposed. So I guess schools are losing adults who might not even be sick, but they have to quarantine or isolate because they might have been exposed. So they're losing adults. They're losing teachers who might have been exposed. Bus drivers. So at this point, while the kids are fine, there's no adults to carry on the school behavior. Uh, But again, the health department in Lucas County seems to be concerned that people will not be as careful and as responsible and as selfless as they should be against the virus during this long holiday weekend. And there's concern. Their concern is, is that it will, the virus will come back to school with kids and we will have a problem. So they are making a preemptive strike against that. Uh, some other things to get to before we get with Alex here. Uh, if you follow the podcast, I was worried about Andre. He get, he lost half a pound and we, lab work and all this stuff. And it, it might've been just that his, um, uh, I shouldn't have switched him to senior food uh, at this point in time. And I guess I could have used some logic with that because he Diddy's about 11-ish. Andre's about 8-ish. And when people see them, and if you've seen their pictures or know that how I talk about them, I don't have two senior citizen elderly 
lethargic dogs. When I walk them, they are so hyper. They are so social. People still say, oh, I love your puppies. And I'm like, they're not puppies. Like, oh, they look so young. I'm like, they're... So they have a ton of energy. So they're thankfully, they're not at the point yet where they, I guess they need that. Andre probably gained that, that half a pound back today. I don't know how he did it. But I had a bad feeling when I walked into the house this morning after I got home from the gym. Um, the refrigerator was open. And it's possible that one of the vegetable drawers or something was able to keep the refrigerator door from closing all the way. But even then, even then, it was mostly closed. So I'm like, all right, let me see what the damage is. And I didn't see anything. I saw, and then I walked into the living room and I saw, oh, he got the, he got a, like, I'll get, um, not a peck of apples, but a, like a, a clear bag of apples from Kroger. I don't think he ate any of them. He's not a very healthy eater in that regard. Not When I'm not home, he won't eat healthy. So it seems like the apples were safe. I picked all of them up and threw them away. I'm like, what is this? You know the three things I've craved all year, right? Soft pretzels or pretzels, bagels, and corned beef. So I bought the good shit the other day when I was at Kroger on Monday. I paid $13 for a pound of boar's head corned beef. Andre ate all but one slice of it. Um, and his little tiny body had like bulging sides. So he gained that back and, uh, I think he'll be okay. He needed to drink a lot of water because of, I guess, the saltiness and the sodium in the corned beef. Um, he is a ravenous eater and he's gotten into things before. The last big thing he got into is he got into some protein bars and I thought he was going to die because there was chocolate there. I'm, I'm a little anxious about his health right now and if he's going to do diarrhea everywhere because the, when he ate the protein bars um he it, it, i i got a towel to clean it up but i couldn't because it was all pure liquid um so i just rolled up the the rug and threw it the hell away um <laughs> so he ate the the pound of corned beef but again like i to go back to the refrigerator maybe being slightly ajar even then, it's a heavy door. But he is he is very motivated by food. And I told the story yesterday how he ran down the hallway and pushed my neighbor's door open. But if he can get into the refrigerator, that's it. Game over. I don't know what to do. He's going to have to start paying the mortgage or at least paying for food shopping. Like, uh, I'm, I'm stunned and shocked upset. I was angry. I'm a little anxious, but I'm equally amazed that a little 15-pound dog could open up a heavy refrigerator door. One more thing. Um, as the show was on the air yesterday, the Grammy nominations came out, and I saw that um, Beyonce, Dua Lipa, and Taylor Swift were the headliners, and, and Dua Lipa deservedly so. It's a great album. Um, Taylor Swift, I had asked my, uh, my record industry friend when Folklore came out, because it was so different. Uh, I remember listening to it and grabbing songs from it to play on the morning show whenever that thing came out. And I was I was like, wow, this is this is not me or you need to calm down or anything like that. Um, it was it was far less pop and mainstream than even like delicate was. My friend told me he's like, she wants to go for a Grammy. She this is her her, her big Grammy album. So uh, nominations in accordance with that effort and, and all the work that went into it. Um, Beyonce, I was like, well, what project came out? And I think it was the the Lion King thing, right? Or Black is King. And I listened, I, I skimmed through and I was like, okay, this is solid stuff. And this is going to fall under Eric. You don't like Beyonce. Now, hold on a second. I just think she's overrated. I think she is extremely talented. She is one of the best out there. But this, this galactic empress level she's at, I think is a little too much. Like she's so talented and deserving of so many of the accolades she's gotten and so much of your appreciation and praise. I just think it's a little over the top. But I don't think it's it's me being a hater or throwing shade at her or being jealous or anything like that. So you tell me, as a, as a fan of Beyonce, should this last project have been as decorated as it was um, with Grammy nominations? I remember a time, so like in the late 90s, early 2000s, pop never penetrated um, 
the Grammys. The Grammys was always very uh, the Grammys was always very snobby and very elitist. I remember when Christina Aguilera, I think one year, won Best New Artist. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Finally, a pop artist that I like is part of the Grammys. And then the Grammys changed over the years because at the end of the day, the Grammys was a TV show and TV shows have to get ratings. And if you're just going to acknowledge the... And I don't want to take anything away from anybody that's ever won a Grammy like back in that time I was referencing. I don't want to take things away from them. But if you're only going to acknowledge like the elite of the elite and the very esoteric, it's not going to get TV ratings. So they embraced pop culture. And I wonder if giving Beyonce all these nominations in what is obviously a a, a weird year um, was simply a a way to, to make sure that there's some some ratings for this show whenever it happens sometime early next year. The other um, the other greatly recognized were a lot of the TikTok artists, uh, Roddy Rich, and I think that uh, that one that that first hit of his, I don't like it. Um, some of his other stuff is okay, but uh, Doja Cat recognized also uh, Megan Thee Stallion. So so they recognize TikTok. I don't know if TikTok the, the TikTok crowd will be watching the Grammys, but the Grammys has changed over the years and and. To me, it's still, I guess, the most prestigious of all the award shows, and there are too many award shows. Like I said, the award shows, the Grammys, they're there to get TV ratings, so everybody got smart. They're like, you know what? We can uh, we can do an award show, too, and we can get ratings. There's Billboard. There's AMAs. There's the iHeart stuff they made up. Every kind of award show, there's too many, and in that vein, I know this is kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth. Um, it's all like, and I guess I go with this, the weekend didn't get a single nomination and that is my favorite album of the year. I like the Dua album a lot, but when I'm looking for something to listen to, I flip that after album, after hours album on, uh, on my Bluetooth, on my TV and I crank it all the way up. There are some great tracks on there that I, as songs that I love more than anything I've loved in the last Five years. There's there's one, and I, and I can't think of the title off the top of my head. It's not. It hasn't been a radio single, but I love it. And Blinding Light is either the biggest or second biggest song of the year. And I I thought there's probably politics involved. I read one um, article that said maybe the Grammy crew, who is a little old and stodgy still, they didn't know where to place his nominations. R and B, rap pop who the fuck cares like it's great music it, it should definitely be um nominated for for album of the year and remember these categories are expanded now too no nominations for the weekend what the hell so pairing that with them throwing nominations at beyonce and again while the grammys have embraced so much more pop over the last two decades i mean it's lost a little bit for me i mean but then again, I don't want to say that we're more cynical than we've ever been before, but we do have access to more information than we've ever had before. And of course, this is good and bad as we just endured with the election. So, and it's how we use that information. And you can apply that to everything, to, to sports, to politics, to elections, to music and award shows. So the Grammys has lost some luster for me. And I, I'm curious what what how artists feel about it anymore we knew how um i just reread this morning about tyler the creator last year who i think won best rap album of the year and i didn't know much of tyler the creator's music i just knew that he was uh, he's very popular and his stuff talk about esoteric his stuff was very out in left field and he won rap album of the year and he's like um yeah this is uh this is not a rap album and uh don't say the word urban because that's just a nice way of saying the n-word um so the the grammy's that's one artist's opinion of the Grammys. I'd like to know that of others. And and, and and to really zoom out, like, it is hard to compare albums from different genres. Forget about, like, uh, I'm just going to use a couple of pop artists here because I don't know outside of that. Okay, I'll go with the Black Pumas because we use their intro music here on the on the podcast and Floyd got me into them. It's one guy's black, one guy's white. I really like their their music. It reminds me of um, Black Keys, I think, a little bit. Like, I guess some Southern rock, but there's some some funk there to it. There's some R&B to it. That's why I like the Gary Clark stuff here. Uh, black Pumas. Black Pumas. 
Gary Clark. Gary Clark. There you go. So, um, but how when it comes to like album of the year, how do you match those genres up against one another? It's almost like, you know, I can, I can go to sports analogies and I can use, like, how do you compare the Black Pumas to Taylor Swift? It's like comparing, like, who's a better player? Um, let me think of a sport. Who's a better player? Mike Trout or LeBron James? It's like, uh, they play different sports. Like, they're both athletes, just how Black Pumas and Taylor Swift, they're both artists, but they play different sports because the genres are just so different. So, I, that album of the year is always, I've, I've always questioned that. And the same thing is applicable to, to movies as well. How do you compare one genre of movie, like a psychological thriller, against, you know, an indie art house movie, a crime thriller, or a bad example, but a, a comedy, or even a big blockbuster movie. So, and I know the answer is, well, there are, there are critics and experts who specialize in this. Really? The Grammys, who have been accused of, like, not letting in people of color and so many other other people who should be included? that Like, those are the people we're deferring to? Their opinions? I don't love that. So, and I don't love that the album that I've listened to repeatedly, which I don't do that anymore ever, got zero nominations. Let's dive into my friend Alex Getz. Hello. The GOAT! Oh, my gosh. Why? Does this work? Do I yeah, sound okay? it works. All right. Hold on. All right. Um, is this live? No. Well, I mean, isn't everything live? I don't know. I don't know anymore, man. I mean, I things feel- are live when they're happening, right? Yeah. I guess that's true. Um, I'm I'm recording, so yeah. uh, if you want to get any of the offensive things out of the way, I mean, I'm, I'm recording, so you know, too late. Yeah. You'll offend people. <laughs> Take a deep breath and just spout it all out. Yeah, let it let it all rip. Um, we actually have a lot to talk about. Do we really? We do. We do. We do. Oh, hold on. I have to, sh- to shut my uh, my Facebook off. Because oh, I was worried. I was like, what am I going to talk about on this phone call? Um, well, let's start with some bad news. Oh no. Uh, how many Instagram followers do you have? Um, it's not. Uh, I think I'm back at 16,000, but okay. I, I keep going up and down. Like, I don't know. I went under 16 just the other day, and now I'm back up. That's still a lot. You know, I've always kind of touted you as, like, the most realistically followed person here in the area from Toledo. I don't think that's true, though. Well, it's definitely not true because I came across somebody <laughs> else. Yeah, who's that? Uh, Devin Bilstein. Do you know who that is? I don't. So, uh, are they a photographer? No, it's uh, something at at Jew things. It's so obviously I like the account, um, and he <laughs> posts funny things on Twitter and um, like like this. Once you realize that you don't have to wait until Hanukkah to eat latkes, the rest of your life begins. See, this is uh, that goes a little over over my head. <laughs> Well, you're going to have to step up the animal things that you do. Uh, but if it, if it makes you feel any better, uh, he's got 77,000 followers, so you're not mm. going to catch him anytime soon. No, I don't think so. I was going to try and break 20 by the end of the year, and I just got exhausted. How it's are you, a lot. How are you, how are you trying to, to break it? What got exhausting about it? Like, is it like trying to maintain an OnlyFans page? Yeah. I, you know, the demand for nudes is high. For Alex Getz. Um no, I mean, it's because the thing is, is like you don't post on your personal page anymore, and that gets you followers. Like I feel like hashtags do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you have to get somebody to post your photo on their page to their following and tag you. And so, I mean, my way, and it's not cheating, I guess, but it feels like it is. I go on Nat Geo Wild's Instagram and I post photos. Right. Sometimes Metro Parks Toledo will share uh, an image or something of mine, and that'll get me a couple people. Mm-hmm. And I actually enjoy that because then it's like local people who I might run into, and that's always right. fun. Right. Compared to these people who are across the world just asking me how to get a hold of National Geographic. Well, you still have a, a quite a hefty following. Who are some other people who have a lot of followers here locally? I th- I keep seeing Metro Parks Toledo works with I think her name's Allie Dar. 
she does uh, some stuff with Metro Parks and showing families and things like that, what you can do in Toledo area. I think she has like 30,000. Let me see. I'm trying to pull it up. I just found Rise Up with Allie has 81 followers, so maybe she has another account. But yeah, there there are some people in like, maybe I came across her at, at one point, but there are some people in the area. There are local people who have like tens of thousands of followers, and I've never heard of them. Which, yeah, it's weird. You like get siloed in your social media, you know? Right, 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 right. Well, there's like every every couple of weeks, maybe not every couple of weeks, every now and then someone will pop up into my head. Do you know Imani Latif? Yeah. So I haven't seen anything from Imani on Facebook lately. And this happened once before. And, you know, like the algorithm dictates who you yeah. get to speak to in life. Um, and, and I wanted to check on him when I wanted to see, I just messaged him the other day. I'm like, Hey, I haven't seen any of your stuff. Is, is everything good going on? Cause you know, if you're my friend, I, I want to see if you've decided to, a lot of people stepped away from social because of the election and whatnot, but mm. it's wild. Like who and what you interact with is dictated by, by an algorithm. And sometimes you forget that you're not talking to people that you actually want to be quite close with. Yeah. I think, and I don't know if this is true, but somebody posted something like this on either Instagram or Facebook. That, like, the algorithm only lets you see, like, 18 people. Like, unless you obviously talk to them and then mm-hmm. maybe they'll start showing up again. But it's like you only see 18 people at, like, a given time. So, I don't know. Sometimes I've found my algorithm on, like, Instagram will make me f- see only things that I really don't want to. And I get, like, bored with Instagram and kind of tune out for a while. Ha- and I'm not this person. I. I mean, I, I know what these platforms are, and I'm, I'm very understanding of what they have of ours, and this is why I'm never, I, I take my privacy, because, you know, I want you to continue to try to sell me stuff that you think I will eventually want. Um, yeah. That, that, that's fine. But I do have my, some, tell me if you've experienced this with Instagram lately. One, there's a lot more ads. Like, I'm noticing, like, every th- third photo in my feed is some kind of ad. And what kind of irritates me about it is it's oftentimes it's stuff I like. Like I came across a, a woman who will draw your pets as a cartoon, yeah. which is super cool. And yeah. then I come across a lot of like really neat food places. I'm like, that looks delicious. Then I'm like, oh, it's in San Antonio. That does me no good. But there's been a lot of ads. Yeah. I mean, I see it occasionally. I just, I don't know what it is, but I feel like after a while you get like, Maybe too visually stimulated. Is that a weird phrase to say? Um, But, like, then you're just exhausted. Like, an example is I went to Sequoia National Park a long time ago, and I'd seen so many photos of sequoias that it, like, the charm and experience was, like, worn off because I had, like, too many images programmed into my brain. Like, there's something to, I think, like, taking a step back for a while. Yeah, it's it's good for all parts of your life, and yeah. if I uh, if I didn't have to do what I do and, and what you you what you do, we, we would both do a lot less social media stuff. But like, it's it's currency for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you had tell me about this this turkey thing. I don't know how many people <laughs> saw it because like I CBS Sunday morning. Um, I, I don't know how watch that show is, but of course I, I talked about it when I could to, to spread the word, but nice. you, you got to, to shoot some video of local turkeys and they went national. I, explain this to me. Yeah. All right. So the weirdest thing I think to start is that CBS Sunday morning has like the largest cult following for a TV show. <laughs> it doesn't make, it blows my mind. Cause I mean, it's, it's like a wholesome program, you know, it's not like the most visually like. It's not like pushing like boundaries and uh, like new things onto people. It's just like here's some news. It's all gonna be really positive, and uh, here enjoy your Sunday morning. Yeah, it's and, like, it's like the fluff before the the meet the press shows yeah, later in the morning. Yeah, and so I mean it's a great program to just kind of sit and chill and enjoy, but like it wasn't until I started having things on there because the turkey thing is just one of a few that I've done. Like I think I did el- they bought elephant footage from me back during like. GOP whatever that weekend where they have like the big nominations and stuff like that. Oh, um, okay. Elephants again. I get it. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. So like I've had multiple things on there, but this weekend was insane. Like all the people came out of the woodwork, like through messaging and texts 
and we're like, oh my gosh, you were on CBS Sunday morning. That's amazing. Holy crap. My parents called me and told me. <laughs> and I'm like, this is interesting. But then I had, oh, somebody's calling me. Can you hear that? I can. Okay. Hold on. I'm hanging up on them. All right. Um, I had so many people that I don't know, but who were in Ohio just reach out to me and they were like, saw CBS, where are the turkeys? And like, that was it. Like, not very friendly about it. Just like, tell me where the turkeys are at. I want to go photograph them. And so I had to work with Metro Parks Toledo to get those that turkey footage because it's at Brookwood Metro Park, which is like a special use area. So it's only accessible if you rent this rental facility there. And it's a beautiful facility. It's tucked away back um, in this neighborhood by the new Amazon plant. So um, around Rossford? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, the uh, the one over at the Southwick. Really? Yeah. Wow, because so, I, I didn't know the park that you had gone to. Yeah, and so a friend of mine lives back in that neighborhood, and so whenever I would go over to work at his house, I would drive by this gate that was closed to this metro park, and I'd always see this flock of turkeys behind really? the gate. And I'm like, I got to get in there and actually film the turkeys. This, this is, and I'm not making a pun, this is wild. Like, I didn't know <laughs> where you, I, like... I, I didn't know, I wasn't familiar with the Metro Park that you went to. What, what, what's it called again? Brookford? Brookwood. Brookwood. I had, yeah. I had never heard of it. So thank thank you for explaining like why it's off the beaten path. But it's yeah. not even off the beaten path. Like I know that area very well. I looked for places to live in that area. And yeah. it's wild that there are flocks of turkeys around Southwick. Yeah, and they're just roaming the streets. Like, they're street turkeys. Like, my friends will, like, my friend who lives there, he's like, yeah, they're on my street today. They'll just leave that metro park and just wander through people's yards. And so when I went that morning to get the footage, um, I couldn't find them in Brookwood. And you have to, like, get a keypad code to get in. And this so was like, a couple of Sundays ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, like, walking around, and they were all in this person's backyard. And so I just had to sit and kind of wait behind this building until all these turkeys came back, and then I could film them. Because you like, want to disturb some neighborhood person. Well, it's like 7 a.m., and I have this big lens, right? and I'm pointing it into their backyard from, like, the bushes. In Toledo. In Toledo in a neighborhood, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I wanted to have you on. Like, I, yeah. And I wasn't even expecting, like, a cool story. Of like turkeys roaming the street, the hard streets of South Toledo. I thought you were just going to explain the wildlife experience of it. Here we are in someone's backyard. Yeah, I mean they are the reason Southwick Mall closed, from what I understand. The, the rough and tumble turkeys of the neighborhood. The like, turkey gangs the t- overrun the mall <laughs> and closed it down, and now Amazon. You here. you have you have never been physically or verbally accosted until so you've been gobble gobbled at once you're leaving a department <laughs> store. Exactly. That's funny. So <laughs> they leave the they leave the backyard. How big are, are these things, and and what is a turkey's behavior like? So the males, which you like, if you watch the clip, the males are all kind of showing off. So they fluff themselves up like that. They're not actually like physically as large as they look in that shot. Um, but they'll fluff themselves up and kind of like peacock their feathers in the back. Right. And then they'll just kind of strut, like do this little turkey strut and show off and kind of establish their dominance over this flock of other turkeys. Um, but I mean, I don't know. They're like maybe three times the size of a chicken. Maybe. Right. I don't know. It's kind of okay. hard to compare. Um, they're intimidating when they're, they're puffed up. And the and- males have like a little barb on the back of their foot that they'll use to fight each other. Like basically a knife attached to the back of their foot. Will they, how do they interact with humans? And I, I, I got to guess that these are different kinds of turkeys. Like these turkeys are probably, probably interact with humans differently than tur- turkeys. in like where I'd expect like in, in Waterville or something. Yeah. I mean, these ones were pretty chill. If I maintained my distance, they just kind of kept doing their thing. But there was a moment where I tried to get a little bit closer, and they just kind of all turned as a flock and walked away. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're not super skittish. People see them all the time. There's another flock. So, like, people kept asking me how they could go see them. And, obviously, Metro Parks would probably be pretty upset if I'm like, everyone, go to this closed Metro right. Park. 
So I tried to direct people to better locations. Like Swan Creek has turkeys there. Really? A little bit. Yeah, they're a little bit harder to see. But like Callie was walking there the other morning and saw some turkeys. Um, and then Mommy Bay State Park apparently has a flock that's like super friendly. Because a friend of mine went out to get some photos the other day, and she's like, I've seen them every single time they're out there. And she's like, I'm going to go get some photos for you tonight. She went out there, and, like, the turkeys all surrounded her car and, like, just hung out with her. So hmm. they're they're not as, uh, I feel like, rare as people think. Yeah, I, but I, I feel like turkeys are rare, and the only time we talk about them is around Thanksgiving. And Now, so were those ta- turkeys, like, are these going to be somebody's dinner tomorrow? Like, how do we how do we get through with that? No, man, those are Southwick Street turkeys. Those right, 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 right. They would make someone their dinner. That before makes sense. They, no, they they're truly like wild turkeys. So, like in the early 1900s, we had basically hunted turkeys in the U.S. to like near extinction, as okay. we've done with like all good animals. Um, and so, it wasn't until I think 20 years ago, Lucas County was the last county in Ohio, I think, to get turkeys reintroduced. Okay. So, like, Ohio Division of Natural Resources brought a bunch of turkeys over and were like, you're free now, and released them out into the wild, and now they've built their own, you know, wild population. So where did the turkeys come from that we eat? Oh, man, those are just turkey farms. Got it. Okay. They don't even get to see, like, the daylight. It's sad. Right, 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 right. Um, Wow. I'm learning a lot. So, So did CBS reach out to you, and then you went and... Took picture, took the video and the video and the pictures of the turkeys a couple weekends ago. So the CBS relationship is kind of a fun story. I was actually in the Teton National Park hiking with two of my friends, and we were looking for river otters. And this guy comes hiking around this path, and he's like, "Oh, I just saw river otters down the trail. Like, follow me." And so we followed this dude, and we're just kind of casually chatting with him. And we were all the three of us in this group were all wildlife filmmakers or writers or photographers. And he's like, Oh, I'm a producer for CBS Sunday morning. And like, I, I managed the nature minute at the end of the segment. And so we just kept in touch with him and hung out with him all day. And since then we've kept in touch via email and he'll randomly hit me up or I'll hit him up and be like, Hey, I have footage of this. Are you interested? And he'll, he might be like, yes, like, I'd love to, or no, like, can you get footage of this for me? And turkeys was just one of those things that he, he told me he needed for Thanksgiving that he didn't have any lined up yet. Yeah, obviously. So what was what was the story or the piece about on, on CBS this morning? So Sunday morning does what they call, like, the nature minute. And it's literally supposed to be just 60 seconds at the end of their program of just wildlife footage, natural sounds, in just a moment for you to basically like meditate for 60 seconds and no no like david attenborough voice right just literally footage the thing that blows my mind and where we come back to that cult following of cbs sunday morning is on their social media and i mean their facebook i think has almost a million followers and i think their instagram has like half a million if they do not show that footage for exactly 60 seconds, People everyone mad. loses their yeah. minds. And it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. Like, I'm excited that people want to watch that footage for longer. Uh, but they'll get fired up. Like, somebody, people count it. They're like, that was 34 seconds. Like, oh, show it. us more turkey footage. It's uh, it's it's cancer cul- cancel culture gone wild. Apparently, Yeah. Um, so what do you have? Do you have anything lined up? What's your next project? Cause you have been, since we met like three years and some months ago, you have gotten progressively more busy over, especially like the last year or so. So this year was supposed to be pretty amazing. Um, I imagine for everyone. <laughs> and <then it's>, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I had, I didn't really have many plans this year. So the pandemic okay. hit it right at the exact right time. You might've been the only one who really like enjoyed this like <laughs> social, like hideaway thing. My, um, my friend yesterday said, you know, I really hate pandemics. I'm like, let me look around the room here. Anybody like <laughs> pandemics? She's like, you would. I'm like, I, I, I just deal with it better. But yeah. So what, I mean, what was planned? So I was supposed to be, I was supposed to go to Zimbabwe for a while to film rhinos for a client. And then I probably was going to stay a little bit longer to just get some general Africa footage. Um, and then I was supposed to go to Indonesia for a while to film 
one of the world's rarest Asian rhinos. There's actually rhinos in Asia. People don't people don't realize that. Okay. Um, and they're like hairy and pretty awesome looking. They're like adorable. So I was supposed to do that, and then what else was going on? There were a couple other small projects, like some big travels coming up. But yeah, it just. But you've still been busy this whole year, it seems. Yeah, I've had to like make up, you know, for lost opportunities, obviously. Um, but it it did open some doors. I got to work with some pretty amazing people, and I did a lot more local work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I got to work with like the world famous Jane Jefferson. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. It's out of the bag now, and yeah, because so I'm, I guess I'm fairly close with Jaden's mom, Linnell. Oh, um, nice. I don't talk to Jaden, but for maybe a tweet or a DM, and I'll like throw something on his radar or whatever. But I try to catch up with his mom um, once every couple of weeks just to check in because I know she's got a busy life and, yeah. and he's like crazy busy and, and he is a super big star now. But she's she's great, and I, I invited her to have coffee like we used to do. But she's got a super busy schedule with you. But mm. they're they are such a great family, and yeah. you because it was a, I think it was a it was. Still on the down low for a minute, yeah. But then she's like, she asked me if I knew you, and then that's when I found out about the big Lego project. Yeah. So he, we shot um, a bunch of segments for a digital series for Lego that he was hosting. Yeah. Well, tell and me about that. Yeah. So I mean, a friend of mine who is from Toledo, who now lives over in in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, I can't remember. One of those Pennsylvania peas. <laughs> um, he basically works for all these different you know, clients producing digital media for them. So when he was back in Toledo for a couple of years, uh, I met him and he really wants to provide more opportunities for creatives in Toledo to work with these bigger brands. And so the Lego thing came up. And from what I understand, the Lego told him that they wanted a host. And they were like, have you ever seen this kid? And they showed him a video of Jaden Jefferson on Ellen Look at that. And, he, and he's like, I'm from Toledo. Like, I I think I've met Jaden, and I know the crew who's going to shoot this for you guys. And Jaden loves Legos. Yeah, yeah. And so it just kind of worked out that we all got paired up. And, I mean, I've been following Jaden for a while. And um, after that, all the crew that was involved in this, he is, like, now our news source. Right. Like, we just follow him on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And so we'll be sitting there, like, the crew – well, and I have worked on a couple other projects and we'll be like, Jaden just tweeted this. Said, Did you see it? Yeah. And like, he is our news source. He's legit. Uh, he's viable. Yeah. And, and he's worked. It's not because he's a cute 11 year old or 12. It's because he works his ass off and he loves it. And he's very good at what he does. In fact, this morning, as I was scrolling social stuff before I came into work, he, it was his tweet that I saw that Lucas County Health Department has the order about closing schools for all of December. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then I went on the search for it on some of the news sites, and it wasn't up anywhere else. But, yeah, he is a, a viable news source. I mean, he is a thousand times smarter than I will ever be. Like, just the conversations between takes on the Lego shoot, like, he is smarter than most adults. Yeah, when he it's, sat in here with Floyd and I, his dad brought him in, uh, like, just as he was he was getting up and going, and I I couldn't pick my jaw up off the floor. I have, yeah. it, it, I was so impressed, and yeah, he was smart, but how well-spoken and eloquent yeah. he was, the personality that he had, and just such a nice kid, and, like, I, that's why, like, uh, I figured that they were going to have a lot of people, like, hangers-on. You know, mm-hmm. like the, the turkey wrappers, you know, they've, they've got their acolytes. Yeah. But I really wanted to, to catch up with them and be close to them because they were such good people. And, like, yeah. I felt I was wondering if his brother Jalen was okay because Jalen was graduating. And here's his mm-hmm. little brother who's like a megastar now. And then poor Gloria didn't get any of the glory who drove his butt <laughs> around uh, all the time because his, his parents were always working. But they're such a nice family. Yeah. I mean... And now you got people who seem to be trying to go like toe to toe with him on social media. What do you and mean? like I I think he's shared some things or like people will confront him about like biases they assume that he oh, has. Oh yeah, towards, yeah, like, yeah. And I'm like, do you really want to go against him? Like this is a kid who knows more than most adults will ever know in their life. Like you you need to stand down for a second. So I noticed it over, I guess in the maybe the summertime, maybe June or so. 
And Jaden always was very straight ahead. It was it was news, mm-hmm. and and there was no opinion. He just delivered stuff that was going on. And then all of a sudden, he started calling out the president and some of his inaccuracies. And, and then, like, Jaden got a bit of a sharp tongue. Like, he wasn't just making corrections. He was calling the president out. And I was like, good for him. And I, I texted his mom. I was like, he is uh, he is spreading his wings now. And I, I think I know what you're talking about. Because somebody, some people have come after him a couple weeks ago. Like, adults... For his bias, like it's like you're you're yelling at like Fox News or CNBC or something. It's like he's he's a kid, and yes, he has um, a, a position, but it's amazing that like they put him on the same pedestal as these other places that they angrily yeah. tweet at. Yeah, but I mean, his position is just accuracy. Yeah, you know, like if I imagine that if any other presidential candidate or president were to say something totally inaccurate, he would probably call him out. It's just, it, it was a weird time, obviously. We don't, I would love to not go into politics. Right, right, but, right. <laughs> but it was a weird time, and so I guess people were fired up. But yeah, good yeah. for him, you know. Okay, I'm back. That was beautiful. Thank you. So, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and I was, I was so delighted. You bought a house. We did. And I think, uh, I think that's a fun thing to talk about. We um, bought a house in the middle of the time where everyone else... Wanted bought. to buy a house, right? And uh, I was, you, uh, yeah, you got a, uh, you, you paid through the nose, but you got a good home. So I, and I, I bring this up. I wanted to talk about this on the podcast because for all that you and I ever talked about, you know, I got my place a couple of years ago and was I, I wanted to stay here, um, so I was looking to purchase, and I got brought up to speed pretty quickly about home buying. And yeah. whenever you and I had talked, you wanted to do the same, but you're like, Callie wants uh, Callie, your wife wants to live in the country. You want to be not in the middle of the city, but at least, you know, have some access to things. And yeah. I was stunned when you told me that you bought and where you bought at. So congratulations, first of all. Thanks. I mean, it was, uh, we tried to wait, I think till later in the year because everybody we were talking to had like predicted that you know things might change economy wise like and that it would slow down sooner as far as home buying went and that prices would drop and then we just quickly realized that they were not slowing down yeah Um, but we were kind of ready to move and it just felt like the right time especially you know you see everybody investing like in their home now because they're trapped basically right it was kind of one of those things where we're like all right i think we're ready to be in a space that's ours we wanted to wait as long as we could and we did um, but yeah, we were ready to jump into it. So. What, what was, uh, what made you decide to want to stop renting and, and make the home buying, especially as, you know, days on the calendar would, would come off and prices would go up, up, up. I figure you, you, at that point you might just wait and keep renting for a little bit. I don't, I mean, we've been renting for a while. I mean, when we moved to Toledo, it was like beginning of 2014, I think maybe middle, mm-hmm. um, so it just it kind of felt like over time after I think I added up how much we've paid in rent in that six years, I was like, oh, we could have paid off so much of a house already. Right. Um, and so it was just one of those things. It just felt kind of like the right step to take right now. It well, really is a works. I mean, Callie and I both work from home no matter what, whether there's a pandemic or not. So it's like I think we were ready to get into something that was ours and make it a comfortable workspace, but also comfortable you know life space is that a, a weird phrase but no 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 no. I, I get it i get it um so how did you go about looking for a home how did you guys decide to settle on a spot or compromise or what were you looking for so we obviously were looking like you mentioned earlier we would have loved to find something a little bit further out with some land but it just was not it was just the wrong time i think with the way pricing was and how fast houses were going up and then getting bought. I mean, we were looking at houses that were getting purchased within 24 hours. Yeah. And we were like, this is not an ideal home buying situation for first time homeowners because we basically would walk through this house for 15 minutes and then be like, all right, well, we got to basically make a decision if we're going to buy a, this whole building, this whole house. Right. Based on a 15 minute walkthrough right now. Um, it just so happened that the house that we ended up buying was one of the first in that we had seen and we loved it. Um, it was like really, really in good shape and it was like, vis- what's, what's the word I'm looking Aste- for? Uh, cur- Aesthetically. Cur- curb appeal. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a beautiful house. And I think just aesthetically, the interior just needed a little bit of sprucing up, like painting and things like that. And so it wasn't anything that was a deal breaker whatsoever. Um, <laughs> it, we we looked at it and we're like, this is, this is a lot that we would have to do as far as like painting and carpet and all that goes um, for the price. And then we just kept looking. And eventually it actually was taken down off the listing and relisted it like a significantly lower price. And we're like, all right, we would do that deal for the amount of painting and carpets we've got to rip up. And yeah, so we pulled the trigger on it. What, 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 after you realized that wasn't a lot of places available with land in the outskirts of, of the city, where, uh, where did you hone, did you hone in on Beverly the whole time? Um, we looked around mommy and Beverly kind of area. We, I mean, we've been living in South Toledo ever since we moved here. And we've been in Harvard Terrace area. We were ready to get out of Harvard Terrace just because we wanted to try something new. Like, mm-hmm. we loved it. We loved being right by Walbridge Park. Um, but we thought moving out that direction just felt kind of like the right step. Right. It's a great neighborhood. When I was yeah. looking for houses, um, it's where I spent a lot of my time. Because I figured it was going to be most cost efficient to, to stay mm-hmm. in Toledo. But... What I kept running into was um, th- those, and this is fine for, for you, what I kept running into at those places where there were three bedrooms and people were like, you've got to get three bedrooms because the resale value is good. And there were certain tenants that didn't really apply to me, like beaten into my head. And mm. all those places that I looked at where you bought in the whole Beverly area, with the exception of a couple of places, um, like along Glendale and I think like Heather Downs, like they were three bedroom, but they were really small. I mean, the house was plenty size, but my bed wasn't going to fit into some of those bedrooms. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my realtor was like, yeah, these places were bi- built in the forties, fifties and sixties and people are bigger now. Yeah. Um, but there were some cool spots and I got to know that area where you bought like really, really well. In fact, there were two houses that I put offers in that I pulled them on and mm. I'm glad that I did. It worked out for my best. But it's a great neighborhood over there. Yeah, I'm basically just gonna give Play Twenty One like all my money. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> but no, it's great. I, we we don't need a ton of space, and this is already like a really great step up. It's like double the space that we've been living in, um, and so we'll grow to fit that. And and uh, yeah, we don't own too much stuff. So um, so well, like three bedroom and a bathroom and a half. So it's technically two bathrooms. The basement, I mean, those like 50s houses all have like a full basement base or a full uh, a full bathroom in the basement. So we have that and we'll make it look a little bit nicer. And then it's got like a dormer. So like the entire upstairs is like one bedroom. Right. Um, and we're just going to turn that into, you know, like our office and workspaces. And then we got two bedrooms on the main level. Um yeah, that was one of the things that stood out to me about that neighborhood. They were a lot of them were one, like one and a half bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, the one house I put an offer in on, there was no. Long story short, there were no bathrooms on on the main floors of a lot of the homes that I looked at, and I found that very mm-hmm. strange. I get it. You 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 want to have. Um, a bathroom upstairs where the bedrooms are at. Yeah. So there's one there, but there was not one on the main floor, but there were some in the basement, which was, it was, so I've never, I haven't been in a lot of houses where there was no bathroom on the main floor. Very odd. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. But I mean, this, like the house I grew up in was very similar, at least aesthetically to what we've got. We've got like the clothes shoot, you know, like the mm-hmm. dirty clothes shoot. And then the basement looks almost exactly like what I grew up in. So it's, it's kind of funny to like be buying a house that looks very similar in certain ways, but have you have you begin begun the project of ripping up carpet and working on the inside stuff you wanted to? No, we close on Monday. Congratulations. Thank you. And then I mean we basically take all next week to just like do all that stuff. How so. much of it are you going to uh so what's for give me the the list the, the to-do list and how much are you going to do by yourself? Well, my parents love to paint, apparently, so they're going to come. I told my mom I'm going to get her, like, a cot, and she can just, like, live in this house before we even move in it. Good. And then I'll just force her to paint the whole thing. Yeah. Um, No, my parents love to paint, so they're actually going to come up, and we're going to just paint a bunch of spots for the first, you know, half of the week, leave the carpet until after we're done with that, and then rip all that up, because it's all hardwood floor underneath. Um, But the person who was living in it, I guess, has been in it since, like, the early 70s it's just kind of like a little old lady 
And so it's been in great shape. And I mean, they must have carpeted over the hardwood floors like right after the house was built. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we'll just be doing that. And then we'll probably be good to move in, you know, that how about, following weekend. How about all the appliances and stuff like that? Yeah, they're all good. Good. They could be better, obviously, but right. they'll do for now. Good. Well, congratulations. Thanks. We're um, super excited. Yeah, I know exactly where that spot was because the second house I put an offer in on, uh, I could like stand out on the lawn and see the uh, the stadium where Bowser plays. Oh yeah. So it's yeah. it's a cool little neighborhood over there, and there's as you, you'll find out, like there's lots of ways that you can get out to the trail or to Detroit. Um, so it's just like it's like the other side of the trail where you were living before. Yeah, everybody is so excited when I tell them where we're moving. They're like, "You're going to be so close to Ernest." Oh, and, Ernest Brew Works? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we are. Um, so we'll have to, I guess, become regulars there. Uh, so. Yeah, let's talk about some of your drinking. What have you been doing with that lately? <laughs> um, uh, I mean, we've been doing have you a gone, lot of... Have you gone out, basically? No. We've been pretty good about everything with COVID. I mean, between us, like, seeing our families, especially, like... My parents coming to help paint. You know, we've been really, really good about not seeing anybody outside of a very, very limited circle. But no, we just we've got all the bartending stuff at home now. Good. So drinking old fashions and gin gimlets and all that stuff. Good, 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 good. Um, well, congratulations with all that. I I haven't thanks. seen you in forever, but I see. I know, it feels thank, weird. Thanks to the algorithm, I see all your stuff, and it, like that thing hasn't really affected me because. Um, a friend complimented me many years ago. He's like, he's like, you're very good at staying in touch with people. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm bad at socializing, but it doesn't take much <laughs> to send a text message. Yeah. And I mean, I ran into Candace Harrison at the ribbon cutting. Mom! I know. At the ribbon cutting for that new Metro Park. Um, oh, how am I blanking on it? The Glass one out City? By, it wasn't Glass City. Glass City's not open yet. What's the new one? There was a small one that the, oh the Manhattan Manhattan, Manhattan Marsh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and I saw her and I'm like I miss just running into people like yeah. Candace and you and just all the people around Toledo at coffee shops like that that's just something I genuinely miss just like who you might run into that day I, now that you make me think about it I do miss it but I realized that I I lost a lot of that once I moved to where I was mm. because I. I would obviously run into all those people downtown. Yeah. Now being out where I am at Spring Meadows, obviously there's a lot of people, but differently from from the downtown aspect. But I, so I guess I grew out of it, but it doesn't make me miss it any less. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope that I'll. I think that when everything goes back to normal, hopefully eventually, um, you know, I'll probably still spend a lot of time downtown just because I'm still not far. No, right not at all. Anyway. Not at all. But, um, the, uh, the talking about like grand openings of stuff. It was funny. You were doing the, you were doing some video or whatever you were doing for the opening of the theater at imagination yeah. station. Yeah. And I had just spoken to my good buddy, Kate, a couple of days <laughs> before that. Cause she was doing, uh, they usually do the bash. Have you ever been to that? Mm-hmm. You, I photographed it the past two years. Got it. I, yeah. I keep dissing you know me i i bail on kate because she's given me invites every year and and i haven't gone um but i know the bash this year was off for the obvious reasons and they were doing like a dinner thing at, at various restaurants all over so i had her on the podcast to talk about that and then i see you a couple of days later because she had told me then um she's like yeah the theater's ready to be open but obviously you know it's going to be a lot of restrictions. And then I see you doing the grand opening of the theater. And I'm like, this is super yeah. cool. Kate, why didn't you tell me? She's like, it was super hush hush. We didn't want to make a big deal out of it. There was a big deal about it on the Saturday, I think mm-hmm. from, uh, from big time Tony Geftos. And then within a couple of days, I'm like, are you opening? She's like, Nope. So I know I felt so bad. I've been so excited for that theater. Like I, I hope everybody in Toledo goes and, you know, takes full advantage of the fact that that's downtown when it, when it's accessible. Um, that's something I've wanted in downtown Toledo for so long, but also I just think the fact that they can show movies downtown is just going to be amazing. And they could be like natural history and stuff like wildlife yeah. docks. And, and and we have a couple of places that I guess do that. The one that jumps to mind, I think there, isn't there a planetarium type place with, with UT? I think so. I think I've heard about it. I've never yeah. I've oddly never gone, like, I very, very rarely have ever gone to UT's campus. I don't know why, but. 
They they have something, I believe, yeah. like like a, a science theater, not like a movie theater. But I was excited from day one when they announced it because I knew that it was going to be a very high quality theater. And we have a couple of IMAX screen. No, we have a couple of higher level screens where it's like an extra couple of bucks and it's a bigger yeah. theater. Um, but it's not IMAX. But this seems, and I was hoping from the outset, I knew that it was going to be about, you know, mostly science presentations and things. But Kate didn't tell me no. And I was like, what if there was like an IMAX type thing you could have here? And she didn't say no when I brought that up. And and maybe at some point, you know, it will, this way it'll save us a trip up to the Henry Ford. Yeah. But just to have what they're going to be able to offer and the visual quality of the presentations are going to be incredible. From what I understand, it's like on par, if not better, with IMAX. Yeah, yeah. It's, IMAX is a brand, right? Like, so I think it's supposed to be like very comparable to it. And they did a little preview at the ribbon cutting, um, and I mean, it's pretty insane. It's a beautiful theater. How how many is it? What size theater would you say it is compared to our, our other movie theaters? Is it like one of the middle size ones? Uh, I don't, I don't know. They said the number. I mean, it's a good, it's a good size. You could fit a lot of people into it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I was surprised when Kate said, "Yeah, we're uh, we're ready to open." I remember seeing something back in the springtime or whatever. It said yeah. KeyBank Theater ready to open summer 2020. I'm like, well, nothing's opening now. But then she was like, "Yeah, it's ready to go." And then you guys, you know, rolled things along like a week later. I subtly just keep hinting. I'm like, you know, we could show locally produced wildlife documentaries. What'd she say? I I mean, I think there's the opportunity, but obviously they probably have other things to think about before they consider letting me show something there. Right, right. Yeah, there'll be big things, but I think in time other other kinds of offerings will, will be there. Whether they're, maybe they can get a blockbuster that they can show or some kind of red yeah. carpet premiere, but also local stuff as well. I mean, you're the reason that I get work with them. You connected us. Forever ago, really? Kate and I, yeah, is, we were talking about it at the ribbon cutting. Was it was it like three years ago? Kate's like, I need a photographer for the bash, and yeah. I was like, That's right, I remember now. Look at you. Hmm. Well, good. Just what, making all the Toledo connections. I miss doing that. I've been able to do it sparsely because of the obvious reasons, but that's you know that's one of my favorite things to do, and I, I do miss that. I miss because I'm fortunate enough to know a lot of people in a lot of different areas, and I like connecting them. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, made a good friend with uh, someone at the health department, oh, and nice. I've been able to connect her to a lot of people. And like a year ago, it would have been a boring contact to have, but uh, not in these times. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't hear this part of the, the podcast. <laughs> oh, she knows that she works at the health department, and before all this, it was like super boring. Although she did a lot of opioid stuff, so she was super uh, busy with that. Um, yeah. Hey, it's funny that you're on right now. The last two days, there have been a, you've been in the studio before. Yeah. Um, right outside, there have been an array of colorful, unique birds that have flown around the last couple of days. Oh, nice. Some cardinals. I don't know what this dude is. That That's a gray-looking cardinal. Um, the cardinal just showed up. He heard his name. So, do you want to talk? Send me, you got to send me all of your, your bird photos. I don't, t- you know, the dogs, sc- not here, but I'm usually doing something here. But at home, the dogs scare them off. Oh, yeah. Um. Anything else we, we want to talk about before we wrap up? Oh, I'm trying to think of what else is going on. I don't know, man. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? I Well, my parents who are going to help us paint. Your painters? Gonna, yeah, my painter parents. Yeah, your painter um, parents? They're gonna, we're going to spend Thanksgiving with them. Okay. Where are you I mean, uh, My dad ahead. works from home, and my parent, my mom... Is, she works. She's a national park ranger, actually. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so she's in between seasons right now. So like they have, they don't see anybody. So what? Uh, where are you? Where, where are you gonna go? Have you picked out colors for paint? Where are you gonna buy it at? Oh, I think we gotta go to Home Depot for some paint. I think it's like just we're probably gonna do some shade of white. We're gonna be so boho chic when we're done with this house. That's okay. A fr- that's a phrase I saw on uh, Pinterest. Really. Yes. Okay. I say ho I do hobo chic though. That's Hobo chic? Yeah. You you, you mean bohemian, right? Yeah, basically. Okay. I'll I'll look some of it up to see what uh see what to expect. Yeah, and man. uh you can always like I I'm sure since they're pros at it now, you can always bug Justin and Lucas to help you out with all the stuff oh, they did sure. at their house. I I have moved them into I think three different places. Really? Since I've known them. And so I have never I don't I don't think I've ever cashed in. On my like, hey, you should help me move, and I'm definitely making them 
<laughs> making them help us move. What's your move load like? It's not that bad. We've been packing. We have a rule that we're supposed to, Callie and I are supposed to pack a box a day each. Right. Um, and as we get through some of like the little knickknacks and things, I'm starting to realize that we don't really have all that much stuff. Good. I feel like maybe she feels differently, but if you if you need boxes, and I don't even know if this is a, if if it's cool to offer boxes anymore because we all get so many home deliveries. But if you need any boxes, let me know. I have plenty. All right. Um, other definitely. than that, I really can't help you with anything about your house because <laughs> I'm I'm like a B minus at painting and everything else. I have to call friends for. Well, eventually when it is allowed we will have you over and have a little housewarming okay you were at mine you were you were the you were the uh you were in the b team of mine that was a year ago (laughs) i feel honored uh well um did you uh home warranty are you getting one of those i think we did i can't remember anymore dude i've signed so many papers i know wait till the closing wait till the closing I know. Like, I thought, it, I thought people were joking. They're like, yeah, all you do is just, like, you literally sign your life away. And it's, like, 15 minutes of signing papers. Yeah. I just, like, we just sent over, like, our payment and all that crap. And it was so sad to watch so much money just disappear. Oh. Can I ask you how much you put down? Uh, I think we did, like, 10% and then our closing costs. So we wanted to save some money just so that we could go and do all that work on the right as soon as we get into it. Yeah, so while you got a higher price, you got the advantage of like having like no interest rates. Yeah, I think it was like two point eight percent. Wow. Yeah. So basically, mine is basically double that, oh, and man. I thought, and I got, I, I have good credit, and I, I got a good interest rate. But yeah, that's crazy. That's part of the reason why people were buying houses up like crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was genuinely <clears throat> outrageous how quickly we had to think about if we wanted to, right. to spend a hundred and fifty thousand dollars or more on something. And I told you how much those houses were going for when I was looking two years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, like like one thirty, and I could have had like a palace in that neighborhood. <laughs> I know it makes um, me so sad. I uh, should have jumped on it sooner, but we weren't thinking. Yeah, about I it mean that's then. not something you want to screw around with, and like you know get in, get involved in that 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 mortgage when you know you're uncertain about it. Yeah. Um, what was it? My my friend has been working on her boyfriend's house for like a year. Hmm. He moved in with her, and they live like outside of South Bend, but r- roughly the same kind of day. They were looking for like what you were. His house was like what you moved into, yeah. Um, maybe a little bit smaller, but they listed it at ninety nine, and I like almost choked up water or whatever when she told me that. Yeah. I was like, "You're you're selling yourself short." And as expected, like just like everybody else, because it's similar kinds of settings, they had four offers like within a day, and yeah. they took the highest one, which is like one twenty. Nice. <laughs> like that's unheard of, but that shows you like what kind of wild market it is right now. Yeah, I mean, we got to get a nice house for Pip and Cricket to, for to the live cats. their best life. The cats. Oh, trust me, they could live their best life anywhere. They have a Four Seasons room in this house. They get their own room. They get their own little sunroom that they can stare at birds at. Do they still hate one another? No. Fortunately, oh, that was the worst six months of our lives. Let's tell that story quickly because one <sighs> of them was not well, got some surgery, and then came back hating the other one. It was the opposite. So Pip got sick and almost basically died. Like we, If we didn't bring him in a day, like... If it had been a day later, they were like, he probably wouldn't be here. And so he was in, like, the vet hospital for legitimately, like, a month just to make – wasn't it – how long was it? Callie yelled at me from the other room. He was in there a long time. He, she's correcting me. Uh, as he was in there a while, and when we brought him back, I think the smells and all the weird things that they had to have done to him, you know, maybe gave him a different scent. And so his brother, Cricket – They've always been together. Just immediately was like, no, this is a totally different cat. I don't want anything to do with him. And it was full on like attacking <laughs> Pip, which is so sad because he's already like gone through so much. Right. And so we had to separate our whole apartment in half. That's wild. And like slowly reacclimate them together. And it took months to get them to finally be in the same space and not attack each other. 
Yeah, that was a wild story. You you and animals, you have it's funny. You've been like in some of the most exotic places in the world and uh you have managed not to get eaten or piss off any large animals, but your <laughs> your house cats, they wanted yeah. to rip each other's eyes out. Yeah. It's... Um talk about uh we'll wrap up. We'll talk uh talk about Cali stuff. Cali is designing things. <laughs> and painting it? lots of things. No, she's doing tons of work. <laughs> no, so, Pippin Cricket. I know, I've got to plug it. All right. So Callie has Pippin Cricket Design, and she's been super busy with a bunch of local clients, which is, is great that, you know, things are coming through and local organizations and companies are hiring her to do illustrations and graphic design and stuff. But she also has, you know, her whole line of products that she makes, like, custom um, from inside of her office. And so she's been selling like holiday cards and these Toledo watercolor maps, which have been doing really well. Um, yeah, it's been going great. Good. She, I think she had a lot of orders in the past couple of days just for the holidays coming up. So she's been running around boxing things up. And Well, yeah. I'm glad you guys um, have done well. I mean, it, it for, for two people to be you know, independent workers, not part of the big corporations. You guys have, you know, got A's across the board. So awesome work. I mean, people are shocked, I think. They're like, when we tell them we both work for ourselves, they're like, oh, are you are you doing okay? Right. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're doing fine. Your health insurance is okay? Yeah, I mean, it's outrageous, but right, yeah. Right, 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 yeah. Paying out um, of pocket sucks. Yeah, it does. It's almost like uh, maybe at some point, I've run this by other people or people have sent it my way. It's almost like, you know what, can I go get like 29 hours a week at Target just so I can get some insurance? There are moments where I'm like, what is the lowest I could work at a place just to pick up insurance? Yeah. it's. But I don't know. At that point, I would, I would get to a job and I would be... Yeah. Thinking about all the ways I could be doing something else. Yeah, you think about the the whole 360 view of it all, yeah. but it's it's that's what people don't consider these days. You know, you got to look top to bottom, and it sucks that more people don't get paid more. But yeah. our healthcare costs keep going up, and I, I I cross my fingers and pray like every October, and I hope I get the sentence that says we've managed to keep your premiums where they are. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, good to catch up. Yeah, it was good to talk to you. It's I been will. A minute. Uh, yeah, I know, well, I, not really. I mean, in this way, yeah, but I still see you online. We talk uh, mo- online most of the week, so. Yeah. You're so. a big turkey. Oh, thank you. That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> All right. Have a good Thanksgiving. Tell Callie I said hi. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Sounds good. You too. All right. Later, man. Bye.